Hi, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Nittany Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am so happy to be with you here today. Today is Thursday, March 26, 2020. I'm Kevin McGuire, your host here of Locked On Nittany Lions, welcoming you in as we try to keep you company. If you may be in isolation, you know, a lot of people are still not able to go to work or they're working from home. We're going to try and keep you company. We've got some good conversation coming up for you in today's episode. We want to make sure you, that we continue to keep you company. And the best way to do that is to make sure you are subscribed in all of your favorite podcasting apps, such as iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. We're out there. We're available. We've got the RSS feed as well. And you can also leave a rating and leave a review. It'll really help us out moving forward with the placement on those various podcasting platforms. And we do genuinely appreciate your feedback. We want to know what you guys think about the show. What can we do to improve it moving forward? We also want you to be a part of the show, and the best way to do that is to always send us your questions and send us your comments on Twitter. You can check us out at LockedOnNittany, and of course, you, we have the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany, and don't forget, if you like listening to the podcast in YouTube, we put up some choice select audio clips from the show, sometimes full segments, right on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Locked On Nittany Lines. Coming up in today's episode, uh, we've got some great inspiring news from a Penn State alum, Devin Still. Big announcement coming up yesterday. We had James Franklin getting a chance to meet with the media, and we'll talk about some of the things that were coming out of that press conference. And we're going to continue our theme of saying nice things about other Big Ten teams by taking a chance to say some nice things about the Northwestern Wildcats. That will come up later in today's episode. So sit back, relax. Hopefully we'll keep you company for the next 25 to 30 minutes or so, and let's get started. start today's show with a little bit of a positive story and some good news to help bring a smile to your face because let's face it in these times with everything that's been going on right now we can all use a little inspiration right well what better place to look than somebody overcoming an immense battle against cancer right and what makes it even better it is from a little girl that I think a lot of people have come to know and have been following and rooting on for a few years now and that is Leah Still. If you don't know who Leah Still is, she is the daughter of former Penn State lineman Devin Still, who took some time away from his NFL career to really focus on his daughter's battle with cancer. And this is something that's been going on for a few years. And fortunately, he's been able to uh, have a lot of resources that were made available to him uh, through his uh, employment with the Cincinnati Bengals, who were very kind to him and, and very uh, accommodating to him uh, very early on when his daughter started to take on this battle with cancer. Now, yesterday, Devin still took to Twitter and announced that Leah still is now cancer-free. Now, of course, this is just a, a huge milestone for so many reasons. Uh, if you know anybody who has fought cancer or maybe you yourself have gone through this, you know what kind of journey you have to undergo just to get to this point. And you also know that while you are being uh, declared cancer-free, it's not necessarily the the end of the battle for good. I mean, there's always going to be some follow-ups along the way, and you know there's always a chance cancer can come back. Let's hope and just hope that that's not going to be the case for this little girl who Devin still posted a photo of her smiling in joy, and you know you can you can't help but smile when you see that picture and you see the news and you put it all together. Uh, how can you not? 
be um, you know a little warm in the heart, right? <laughs> so uh, congratulations to the entire Still family and best of luck moving forward to young Leah Still, who now has a bright future and uh, hopefully many, many positive moments uh, still to come in her life. And of course, for Devin Still, we all know what kind of uh, what kind of a journey he has had to go through just to get to this point with his daughter. And of course we say congratulations to he and his entire family because it's a, uh, it's an undertaking. And uh, you know, I personally have not had to go through anything like this, but obviously I know people that have, um, you know, my wife knows somebody who has been affected by cancer and unfortunately wasn't so fortunate to win a battle. So it's tough. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. Uh, but I want to say I, I wanted to make sure we started off this episode with that really great news, because I think a lot of people in the Penn State community have been following that story to a certain degree. But, you know, with everything that's been going on, it's it's kind of hard or it's kind of easy to overlook some of the positive stories that are out there. And let's hope we get many more of those positive stories to come. So I wanted to make sure we started off the podcast with that uplifting story. And now we're just going to sidetrack one other quick note before we go into our next segment. Uh, today is going to be a decision day for a Penn State recruit or a potential Penn State recruit. Somebody Penn State is recruiting, I should say. And that will be uh, offensive tackle Landon Tangwell from the class of 2021 uh, out of Maryland. He's going to make his official announcement today on his college choice. And it has come down to Penn State and Notre Dame. I don't think there's going to be any sudden surprises with a third team uh, popping in the mix here. All indications are it's going to be either Penn State or Notre Dame. And this is a four-star recruit. It would be a huge pickup for Penn State if they are able to secure that commitment. And according to the crystal ball predictions on 247sports.com, it's a 100% prediction for Penn State. So it certainly looks as though everybody is expecting that he is going to announce his commitment to the Nittany Lions, uh, which would be huge. I mean, it honestly would be a major pickup, adding a four-star offensive lineman, uh, given the, the current status of the current recruiting class, and of course having a couple players back out of their commitments, uh, getting a chance to win a nice little recruiting battle for a talented offensive lineman from Maryland uh, would be a, a major step in the right direction for Penn State and their recruiting class, and especially given the fact that Penn State has brought in a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive line coach, uh, just within the, the last uh, round of the coaching carousel, uh, or the assistant coaching carousel, so so you never know sometimes how that's going to impact it, but it doesn't seem to be hurting Penn State's chances here, at least according to the recruiting experts. Again, I'll, I'll believe everything when I see it. And of course, I, I know that uh, commitments can change at some point, but it certainly looks like it's going to be a positive day on the Penn State recruiting trail uh, for James Franklin and company. So we're going to talk a little bit about James Franklin and some of the things he said in his press conference coming up. But uh, obviously, this is not something he would have been able to talk about because, first of all, Tangwell has not committed and he has not enrolled. So uh, until a player enrolls with a college, uh, a coach is not permissible or permitted to uh, speak about any recruits. But it does look like it could be a pretty promising day on the Penn State recruiting trail. So just something to keep an eye out. I believe that announcement is going to be happening around noon Eastern. So I won't be around at that point. I'll be at my day job. But make sure you're following all your Penn State uh, recruiting experts out there. There are plenty of them. Uh, and you'll, you'll get the news as soon as it does break. So just keep an eye on that if you're interested in anything as far as recruiting. And also just to keep in mind, there is a recruiting dead period right now. So coaches are not allowed to contact players right now. The NCAA... 
uh, enforce that with everything that's been going on with the coronavirus. But that doesn't mean that kids uh, cannot commit to their schools. Obviously, enrolling and you know, signing that letter of intent comes later on. But uh, there are plenty of uh, recruits out there that are using this time to still make their decisions uh, finalized as they move forward with their recruiting process or put it to rest. And that looks like it's going to be the case for Landon Tangwa uh, today. So that'll be cool to keep an eye on if you're looking for something just to keep you busy around noon Eastern time. So grab your lunch and check out the recruiting buzz on all the Penn State Twitter accounts that are out there. So every year around this time when Penn State is going through with their spring practices very early on or right at the beginning, there is a press conference with the head coach. And James Franklin still had a chance to meet the media, although on Wednesday afternoon it was in a much different uh, setting, of course, because we can't have the traditional press conference setting in the Beaver Stadium media room or maybe in the, in the football building. Uh, of course, with everything that's been going on and you know, you're trying to keep your social distance, what better way to do that than by having a social happy hour, as everybody on Facebook and Twitter seems to be doing. James Franklin hopped on Zoom, the, the video conferencing interface, and talked with members of the Penn State media on Wednesday afternoon. It was a great way to stay connected, get some information, get some uh, quotes from James Franklin. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get home from my day job in time to get myself on the conference call, and I don't have the transcript, uh, which I believe usually gets sent out. I'll probably have it after I'm done recording this, of course, uh, so we can dig into it a little bit more in tomorrow's episode as well. But there were some obvious uh, quotes and uh, storylines that were coming out of this press conference uh, conference call that were certainly worthy of note. And I did that on a story for College Football Talk on NBCSports.com yesterday. Basically, James Franklin, in response to the ongoing coronavirus, if it were up to him, and I'm paraphrasing slightly here, but he said he was no politician, but if it were up to him, he would lock down the country until this coronavirus epidemic is under control. I don't see too many people arguing against that at this point. And that seems to be what is generally going on, although a total lockdown, uh, we haven't quite reached that step yet. And hopefully we don't have to go that far. But uh, as far as uh, his reaction to everything that's been going, uh, ongoing, he certainly wants to see this taken care of. And this is something we've been talking a little bit more and more about over the last couple of days. If this thing lingers on, it could start to impact what we do with the college football season with week zero and week one. And obviously, if you're a head coach, you're trying to prepare for every scenario possible. But you know, this is going to be one of those scenarios that you probably have to think about how you're going to attack it uh, if and when you need to do that. And again, we're still we still have some buffer, I think, before we have to really brace for that kind of uh, change on the schedule. But uh, obviously, James Franklin and a number of other college football coaches out there would like to see this uh, taken care of as quickly as possible and, and responsibly as possible, I should say. Uh, I don't want to rush getting everybody back into the business just for the sake of getting everybody back into business. You know, I'm back in my day job, but I know a lot of people are not that fortunate yet. Uh, and I feel fortunate to be in the position I am. Uh, I would have loved to have been on this conference call, though. <laughs> I was hoping to be able to do that. Unfortunately, I was not. Maybe I can watch a replay at some point. Uh, but obviously, James Franklin's taken this very seriously, and uh, he has made that very well known. But of course, this also impacts what's going on this spring. Obviously, there are no spring football practices. The Big Ten shut them down. Uh, Penn State shut them down. The, the spring game has been canceled in Happy Valley. So uh, James Franklin is in a very unique position, just as every other coach out there is. You know, what do you do 
when you don't have your spring practices? Well, <laughs> ironically enough, or maybe coincidentally enough, uh, Franklin says that there are a lot of Zoom calls being made with uh, players and coaches uh, just to kind of keep the communication going. And that's sort of something I expected him to say. Obviously, Penn State is going to do uh, everything they need to do and use all the technology they have available to them to stay in touch with their players as much as they possibly can during these times. Obviously, the players have a lot going on, too, with, with classes not being able to be attended in person and a lot of classes uh, being done electronically now you know there's a lot of responsibility on the players part and I think James Franklin said this as well there's a lot of responsibility on all the players to make sure that they're doing the things that they need to be doing when they're not in this uh, conjoined uh, environment uh, around the football facility around the football players the, the program you know there's a lot of uh, self-independence that's going on out there and they need to be taking everything that they need to do responsibly uh not just with football but of course with school and everything so it's a challenge for everybody and i think a lot of uh, players you know they're all going to handle it differently and i think james franklin understands that and that's why i think it's very key to keep that open line of communication as much as possible uh but moving forward you know if you don't have spring football practices what's going to happen in the summer you know how soon can you start practicing how soon can you get your team together and that's something that james franklin doesn't have an answer for yet but it's certainly something that's being discussed as they plan moving forward as they evaluate everything that's been going on again we know we don't have the nba we don't have the nhl we don't know when baseball is going to start playing. So there's a lot of sports stuff that's still put on the shelf. And really, until all that stuff is uh, getting back into normal, you know, it just seems kind of uh, logical that we're not going to be talking about football in the same sense either until we know exactly what the status is uh, for the state of sports. So James Franklin and his uh, staff are continuing to we're beginning to have those discussions about you know, how do you plan for the summer? And he's already preparing himself not to have much of a summer to uh, enjoy with his family, because not only are we going to be locked down for however long, but once that lockdown is potentially over, uh, yeah, then you got to start getting ready for the season. And one of the stories that's been popping up, uh, certainly in the last 24 hours, is the likelihood that the NCAA will find a way to allow programs to have more practices in the summer, kind of like a mini camp or uh, uh, an OTA in the NFL. Uh, maybe you add that to your summer rotation as well, because a lot of schools didn't have their spring practices. And those that did, most of them didn't have many practices. I think Ohio State had three spring practices. Um, you know, Miami had a couple spring practices. Some schools, very few schools, were very fortunate to be able to have a full spring schedule. But that is uh, far from the majority. Uh, and certainly when the ACC, the Big Ten, all the power conferences uh, are shutting down all the spring practices and all spring games, uh, that puts everybody on the same playing field, but it's not a good playing field. It really isn't, especially for a program like Penn State, where you have new coaches. You have a new offensive coordinator. You got a new wide receivers coach, a new offensive line coach. You got a couple of other changes on the staff as well, given the turnover. This is the time when you want to have those coaches working with your players, especially at some key positions that are going to have to have some holes filled. So not having these extra practices hurts especially a team like penn state in this current situation they're in ultimately when they do get back to a regular schedule hopefully it, it, for the fall i don't think it's going to matter too much at that point but you know being behind the eight ball a little bit right now is, is certainly not uh, something that you want to embrace so if there's a chance that you can get more practices in i would be very surprised if a lot of coaches aren't in favor of that you know, it's a sacrifice. You know, a guy like James Franklin is very close to family, very family oriented. It's not something you would ideally like to do, uh, but it may be something that he almost has to do f for the program. 
and then he'll have to make it up to his girls at some other point in time. And I'm sure he'll be able to do that. We've been having fun over the past week about uh, just saying some nice things about other schools around the Big Ten. And this all started thanks to my buddy, Brandon Cavanaugh. You can follow him on Twitter, at 8Laces, especially if you like Nebraska sports information and conversation. He's a really good go-to guy for all things Huskers. I highly recommend him. But he brought up the question last week. It was a hypothetical question. Scott Frost and James Franklin are in a recruiting battle, but they can only say nice things about the other coach when they get a chance to meet that recruit. Uh, so what would James Franklin say about Scott Frost in Nebraska? So we had fun with that, and it turned into a recurring theme on this podcast, and I'm having fun with it. Hopefully you guys enjoy it as well, and you can feel free to join in uh, at any time by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. But we've been going through every team in that Big Ten West, and we're going to wrap up today by saying some nice things about the Northwestern Wildcats. And you know what? I actually have a couple of nice things to say about Northwestern. Obviously, this is a program that has a lot of uh, obstacles that not every team uh, around the Big Ten has. There are academic standards, not to say that Penn State and other schools are not academically great schools, uh, but Northwestern, of course, is just a little bit more uh, on the academic premier side of everything that we talk about when it comes to academics. So we understand that. And that gives you a limited uh, pool of players that you're usually going to be able to bring in to your own program. Uh, your recruiting standard is going to be different from you know, some of the other programs out there like Ohio State and Penn State and, and Michigan. Again, these are all great academic schools. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but Northwestern, of course, uh, has a little bit of a different focus. And, of course, that's a detriment when it comes to acquiring some of the top talent out there. It doesn't mean that they don't get talented players because they do. Uh, and, of course, we're going to get into one player that they're just adding this offseason. But you got to give a guy like Pat Fitzgerald so much credit. You know, Maybe he rubs some people the wrong way sometimes. But, you know, there's something genuine, I think, about him. He genuinely loves Northwestern. You got to remember, this is a guy that went to Northwestern, played for Northwestern, was a defensive standout at Northwestern. He was a tremendous player for the Northwestern Wildcats back in the 90s. And for him to come back to his program and become the head coach, that is kind of keeping it all in the family. And it works so well for he and Northwestern. Every time that Pat Fitzgerald comes up in the as a coaching candidate on the rumor mill every year on the coaching carousel, I'm not going to say he'll never leave Northwestern, but there are very few jobs I think he would leave Northwestern for. And, you know, you have to leave... Uh, for a good, you know, you have to make sure you're leaving for the right job. And not every job that's out there, yes, you may get more money, you might have more resources, but Patrick Jello just seems like the kind of guy that it's going to take a lot to pry him away from coaching at Northwestern. It's a program he has literally put his blood, sweat, and tears into as a player, and he continues to be so passionate about his program. Uh, today. And I can't commend that enough. I think that is very admirable. And I love seeing stories like that. I'm not saying that James Franklin doesn't love Penn State, but there's something about Craig, uh, I'm sorry, Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern that is just so natural, right? And he has... He has had some ups and downs. He has certainly had some really good years. And he get I think he gets the most out of the talent that he has than any other coach probably does in the Big Ten. And, of course, that doesn't always necessarily lead to wins. But if you're going to play Northwestern, more often than not, you're going to be in for a battle. You may win those battles fairly frequently if you're a program like Penn State or Ohio State. But 
you're going to have to earn those wins. And I think Penn State has seen that, uh, certainly, and as, as well as some other teams. Now, last year they had a miserable year. They got beat up pretty hard. They had some injuries. They weren't necessarily the, the same team that we saw the year before that played for the Big Ten Championship. Don't forget, the Northwestern's two years removed from playing in the Big Ten title game. And they, they gave Ohio State a battle. I think it's fair to say uh, they, they they put up a good fight, a respectable fight for sure. Uh, but obviously, talent is usually going to prevail against a team like uh, Northwestern. Go back a couple years ago when Saquon Barkley was on the team, right? And the Penn State goes out to Evanston. It's a you know it's one of those cold kind of dreary days by the lake. And you know, Northwestern had one game plan and one game panel and only when it was on defense, and that was. Don't be a part of the Saquon Barkley highlight film. They bottled them up real good. They took away a lot of things that Penn State wanted to do offensively when you had Saquon Barkley. It made life a little bit difficult for Trace McSorley that day, too. Uh, and I think the defensive game plan was brilliant for what Northwestern was capable of doing. You know, just sell out on Saquon Barkley and you know make Trace McSorley or somebody else beat them because they were not going to let Saquon Barkley beat them. And to their credit, it nearly worked flawlessly. There was one play where Saquon Barkley breaks loose, and it was just a matter of time before it happened, but he breaks loose for a long run. I think he scored a touchdown on the run, too. And that was really what Penn State needed to be able to get out of Evanston with a win. So, like I've said, if you play Northwestern, you're going to have to battle. You're going to have a, a, a good fight on your hands because they will be prepared to play 60 minutes of football. They may not always have the talent, but they certainly have the heart and they certainly have the passion. And they're very smart uh, when it comes to you know, playing disciplined football. Now, again, they don't get all the talent, but they certainly get a lot out of what they have. And to me, that makes them a, a fun program to generally root for, <laughs> but they can be a thorn in your backside if you're not very careful. And that's going to do it for this episode. We're going to wrap it up a little bit earlier than we have been. But I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. And hopefully you're listening every day. We're trying to keep you company. Uh, if you're isolated at home or if you're working from home, we want to try and help you pass the time a little bit. So we're going to try and have these podcasts for you as regularly as possible. And it does seem like we're getting back on a regular schedule. So they will be posted around midnight Eastern time every night. So they are there for you all day long. And of course, uh, no matter when you need to listen to your Penn State fix, we're going to try and be there for you at any time of day, day or night, uh, in the middle of the afternoon. I know a lot of people are you know, not necessarily listening on a commute in the morning or in the evening or anymore, but hey, whatever time you want to listen to the Penn State podcast, we're going to try and be here for you. So I want to thank you guys once again for listening. Make sure you are subscribed so you never miss a single episode. We're on iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Himalaya, whatever else you use to listen to podcasts. Let me know. If I'm not mentioning your favorite podcast app, reach out to me on Twitter and let me know so I can include that in the mix too and make sure we're available for you there. Now, of course, if you subscribe, that's great. But if you leave a rating or review, that's even better because that'll help us with the placement on those various podcasting apps. And we do genuinely appreciate any feedback you have about the show, positive or negative. We want to know what you think about the show so we can improve it and make it something you keep coming back to. And you make sure you tell your friends and family about us as well. Best way to follow us is on Twitter. You can check us out on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. We do have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. And we do have the YouTube channel up as well, youtube.com. Uh, and then just search for Locked On Nittany Lions. When I have a better uh, web address for you, I will be sure to share that for you. Right now it's a little complicated, but if you search for Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube, we should pop right up. We've got some fun audio clips on the, on the channel as well. 
I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my college football coverage on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk, as well as AthlonSports.com. And guys, that's going to do it for me. I want to make sure you guys are all tuned in to all the rest of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. We do have the Locked On Big Ten show covering all things Big Ten. A lot of good basketball conversation going on, even though there's no tournament. So make sure you check out our friends over on Locked On Big Ten by telling your smart mobile home device, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, to check out a Locked On Big Ten podcast airing right now on the Locked On Podcast Network. Until tomorrow, guys, have a great day, whatever you may be doing, wherever you may be, and make sure you go 1-0 today. And we will talk to you once again tomorrow on Friday to wrap up the week. We'll